welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this episode, I'm joined by Dr. Andrew Cromie from ICBF to discuss key initiatives that are helping deliver greater profit and sustainability for suckler beef farmers. So the background of the Beef Data and Genomics Programme was um, that... Uh, looking at the challenges that the suckler beef sector faced, and it was particularly in the context of uh, maternal traits. So as an industry, we had been very focused on growth and terminal traits and, and increasing the value of the progeny, uh, driven by weaning exports and the value of carcass. Uh, the consequence of that is a lot of those more terminal genetics started to come back into our suckler herd as, as replacement females. And over a period, a sustained period of time, um, we could see that the genetic trends for, for key maternal traits such as uh, milk, uh, suckler cow in terms of her milk ability, in terms of female fertility, were drifting in the wrong direction. And this was presenting a real challenge for our suckler herds. And fundamentally then the, the beef data and genomics program was, was targeted at uh, the suckler beef industry and to look to address those maternal traits and in doing so also um, to address the greenhouse gas challenges that they're, they're, that we now see facing the suckler, suckler beef industry um, because these key maternal traits are also very much linked to, 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 to greenhouse gas output at a suckler head level. What actions are involved in the BDGP programme? The programme was funded under the EU Rural Development Programme and um, to receive the payment, farmers received a payment of about €90 Euros per year and uh, to, to, to receive that payment they had to undertake various actions and examples of actions would have been, for example, re- recording data, genotyping a proportion of the herd, you know, bringing in four and five star replacement females, four and five star stock bulls, completing a carbon navigator and there was also an educational element to the programme as well uh, which was undertaken by Chagas at the outset of the programme. And you mentioned one of the key actions was using four and five star replacements. Tell me about this action. So that is one of the key actions in the programme and and, um, you know if we were to look at the success of the programme certainly whilst that action was, was somewhat contentious at the start because you know, we were shifting the focus towards these four and five star females, these these females that had better maternal attributes. So ne- they may not necessarily have been as, you know, in terms of growth and confirmation, perhaps maybe what our industry would have liked to have looked at in the past. But what we found that as a consequence of that particular action, farmers had to bring in a, pers- a minimum of 20% of their replacement females by 2018 and 50% by 2050 of their replacement females over that period of time had to be genotype four and five star females. Um, look, and, and the vast, vast majority of farmers are, are on their way to achieving those actions. And the um, the consequence we do see is certainly now a gradual up turning around of these key, the performance, key, key performance indicators around the maternal traits and starting to move in the right direction. That's great. What's the analysis of heifer calves in the BDGP programme showing? So, for example, and it's the analysis that we presented at the Chagas Beef Conference, um, you know, we're seeing, and, and one of the best ways we can do that is is actually to look at a, we call it a validation analysis, where we, we're, we're working with Chagas to, 
to take a proportion of, of the actual animals that came into commercial suckler farms, so BDGP herds in, 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 that calved in in 2017. So this was, if you think about it, the scheme started in 2015. These were the first females that were born as a consequence of the BDGP, born as calves in 2015 and calved in in 2017. And when we look at the performance of those females, uh, in terms of they calved in in 2017 and how have they performed since then, 2018, 2019 and 2020. Will we consistently see that, for example, in terms of age at first calving, the five-star females calved a full one month prior earlier than the, the one-star females. They have a, on average, uh, they've uh, been surviving 89% surviving from lactation to lactation compared to 84% for the, the one-stars and they've been recalving with an average calving interval of uh, of five days less every year so these are all key maternal or key maternal traits linked to female fertility the other traits that we've been looking at are are certainly it's the maternal milk and again what we're seeing there is that they have a heavier wingling so uh, a five kilo heavier wingling at 200 days and yet they're a lighter cow um, so they're on average 20 kilos lighter which again is a, a key determinant in terms of profitability this wingling efficiency the weight of the cow relative to the weight of the calf and so the combination of these these the better fertility the better matern the be- better milk traits uh, and that's translating into to to really good uh, in terms of a- a average carcass performance as well and when you sum all of the gains up you know on average and uh, we're seeing that those replacement those Four and five star, five star BDGP replacement females are leaving an, an average uh, additional profit per per progeny per year uh, of uh, of about 140 euros. Indeed, the current rate of gain is five euro per cow. How is that calculated, and how does it compare nationally? So the current rate again is, as you say, is five euros per per cow per, per cow per year. How we calculate that is, <clears throat> it's based on the average replacement index of the the suckler females coming in on an annual basis. And if we look forward to, or sorry, if we look back to prior to the BDGP, that was. Uh, we were making zero gain, so it was zero. So um, whatever bits of gain we were getting in terms of the growth traits, uh, we were actually losing out in terms of the cost of female fertility and the cost of milk traits. So we were making no net profit in terms of replacement index. The BDGP has turned that around and it's now increasing at about five euros per year, which is is very, very significant. And, and you know, whenever we look at that in the context of the rate of genetic gain, um, that's now we're now achieving a similar rate of genetic gain in the suckler beef industry for replacement index that we are for, for example, the dairy EBA in the dairy industry. And I think everyone would acknowledge uh, talking to dairy farmers or people in the dairy industry, one of the, the huge uh, positives from um, the dairy industry has been over the last 15 years has been the success of the EBA. So it's actually quite remarkable that we're now achieving the same rate again as dairy EBA. Of course, the difference is, you know, um, there's a 10-year time difference between, you know, the EBA program, which really kicked off in 2005, and the BDGP, which kicked off in 2015. It's very interesting findings. How many farms and cows are actually involved in this BDGP program? So at the moment, there are about 24,000 herds involved uh, in the in the program, about 550,000 cows Um in addition to that, the BDGP was um, launched in, in 2015. Um, then this year it was supplemented by a beef environmental efficiency pilot. 
um, which was an additional programme of which there are about 16,500 herds involved in that programme, the majority of which are also in the BDGP. And uh, um, there are about 400,000 cows and calves weighed as part of that programme. There's a saying, a rising tide lifts all boats. Has BDGP impacted on non-BDGP herds? And if so, how? Absolutely. And, and, and this is one of the metrics that we do also look at whenever I talk about <coughs> the five euro uh, genetic gain in replacement index. That is across all replacement females in the suckler beef herd. The rate of gain is slightly higher in, in the BDGP herds, as one would expect. But the, the herds that are not in, the, in BDGP... Uh, of which there are, you know, there are certainly another four hundred thousand odd cows that are in those non-BDGP herds. They're also benefiting from the program by virtue of the fact that they're acquiring replacement females from BDGP herds, or they're acquiring stock bulls, pedigree stock bulls, or using AI, uh, improved AI. Uh, as a consequence of the BDGP. So it is a good example. Genetics is a really good example of something. If you do it right, you know, everyone benefits. Yeah, and you've mentioned the Beef Environmental Efficiency Pilot Programme. What are the results from that showing to date? So at this stage, we have about 400,000 cows and calves weighed. uh, And again, very positive outcomes that we're seeing in relation to the the primary objective of that programme was to, to really supplement the BDGP uh, with additional cow live weight and calf weaning weight data. Um, we have a, a lot of good data around some of the farmer recorded traits, you know, that are collected as part of the BDGP. But it has always been a challenge for us to get good weight, good live weight data on, on, on from the beef herd. And the Beef Environmental Efficiency Programme, pilot, sorry, was introduced with that objective. And, uh, you know, to see the level of weight data that's now been collected on, on, on farms and, and certainly it's again highlighting, you know, that uh, on average these uh, higher four and five star indexed animals are, are, are generating weanlings that are four or five kilos he- uh, heavier uh, at 200 days and yet are, are uh, you know, 20, 25 kilos lighter as cows. So again, very, very positive in the context of weanling efficiency, but also critically, it's providing uh, the participants really good and solid and objective information around the, uh, the, the weights of their weanlings and, and, and providing the means for suckler beef farmers to again talk objectively about um, you know, one of the key performance indicators that there is in the suckler beef herd, which is you know, it's the average, uh, average weight of weanlings sold and um, the beef uh, pilot helps to provide that. You mentioned the weaning efficiency report. How can farmers access one for their farm? So it's a it's a report that we generate after the weight recording uh, visit, uh, or sorry, whether it's a visit or whether the farmer has uh, weighed the animals himself. Um, so as those animals get weighed, we generate a, a weaning efficiency report and it's placed up on the uh, ICBF website uh, for farmers to access. And we are currently... Um, Finalising that report or a new version of that report to to make available to all uh, participants, 16 and a half participants in the programme, which we anticipate that we will be sending out to scheme participants uh, over the next number of weeks. Results to date are hugely encouraging in the context of profitable and sustainable suckler beef production. What are potential new areas of focus that could help us accelerate genetic progress? 
the certainly the validation work you mentioned both of the, the the profitability and sustainability the validation work that i mentioned is you know the fact that we're now getting comparable rates again to, to eba which is again would have been seen as a you know a benchmark that against uh, we we can compare the second one is the the profitability differences the 130 euros that we're seeing between five star and one star animals and the third one really then around the sustainability you know, we do know that these these uh, these uh, f- four and five star animals are more climate efficient, f- more climate efficient, um, and and I suppose that was our expectation. And one of the key objectives of the BDGP was using a, a knowledge of the biology of the animals and and by by promoting or favouring these uh, maternal genes, uh, a, a smaller cow size. Um, corrected for age in terms of the age you know we don't want too small a cow but we knew we, we knew that that would mean or should translate into lesser carbon output at a, at a cow level and you know the most one of the most positive aspects of the um of the project now at this stage is that for real validation we're now we we have animals in in the tully performance test station in kildare and whenever we look at those suckler beef animals, and, and we're directly measuring methane in these animals. So we have a, working with Chagas and UCD, we have what's called these green feed systems where effectively in pens of 20, 25 animals um, over a period of four weeks as the animals feed uh, some a small bit of concentrate eight or ten times a day over a sustained period, we can actually get a, a real good handle on the average methane output uh, for every animal for every animal that's on, on trial. And it's remarkable to see that the high replacement indexed animals, 150, 160, 180, relative to the, the lower indexed animals at 50, you know, there's there's a, 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 an almost 20% lower methane yield from those animals relative to the uh, the, the, the lower genetic merit animals. So this is, you know, I would say almost world first um, and very, very new and groundbreaking research, which is uh, helping to confirm the initial objectives of the BDGP. And, you know, we're very, very excited about this because this gives us a lot of confidence that, um, you know, whilst the suckler beef cow is more commonly seen as a real problem in the context of greenhouse gas and methane and all that but um we would actually see this as being you know really really strong evidence that um yes you can look at the suckler beef cow as a as as the problem but very clearly you know the cow is also part of the solution and if we can breed cows that are going to produce less methane uh, and we're very confident that we can do that now. Well, that puts Ireland and the suckler beef cow in a uniquely positive position with regard to, you know, low carbon beef, the positive green green image that we can present from our Irish ag food system. So, uh, as I say, it's it's something that's very new and very exciting. Yeah, it's very positive information coming out. As BDGP Phase 1 finishes in 2020, what are the key dates and tasks that farmers need to be aware of? 
So the most significant one that's going to come forward for farmers is is they've they've completed two of those the the, the, the significant tasks their twenty percent female requirement in twenty eighteen their stock bull requirement in twenty nineteen which is passed now the an AI requirement in twenty nineteen, but their their last big requirement is really the fifty percent target which will kick in in October twenty twenty. But again, as I said, the vast majority of scheme participants because of their very positive engagement with the scheme are well on on track. To, to meet with that particular action and requirement. What do you see in the future when BDGP ceases? I think the most important thing is that the BDGP has given us a really solid foundation on which to p- present a very good and strong and technical argument around the benefits of action-based programmes that can um, support payments to suckler beef farmers but also really add value in terms of really collecting objective information that's helping to move our suckler beef industry in the right direction. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I'd, be, I'd be confident that, you know, as a consequence of BDGP, we can put forward a very strong case again towards, uh, you know, um, you know uh, a further continuation of a programme such as BDGP or with some additional actions or aspects uh, and, and make a very, very strong case for continued investment and so support in, in the suckler beef cow and the suckler beef industry. A lot of positive, interesting points there, Andrew. Thank you very much for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a show. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.